and welcome once again to How Long to Beat, the podcast. Fuck, take two. That's <laughs> I worded that so horribly. Hello, and welcome to the How Long to Beat podcast. I'm Rick, nailing my intro first time. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Alex. Hello. And Paola. Hello. And we are joined by just a crap ton of games that we've beaten. So, as always, we're going to talk about those. The games we've retired and will not be beating, um, and the games that we're currently playing with a view to beating, um, and then this week our topic's just going to be cozy games and all the things in and around that, just little snuggly in video <laughs> game form. And then we're going to finish with the penultimate round of this run of the new format of the game. How long, long to, to beat, beat the, the game? game. <laughs> Do you get us nothing. this time? Nothing. No trust. No anything. I, I'm a little. I'm a little bit upset. I feel. You break this up on yourself, Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Why don't we kick off with you, Paula? Because you've got a very big game that you've just completed. Oh, that was one the very uh, very K two. That not no no. No, it's, you tried. It's no. Listen, if you're aiming for um, thing, you better not miss, and you just miss. Just tell us about the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry, that was so neat. So hard. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel dear. like you didn't intend that to be harsh, and then after it came out, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> in my head, it was funny and lighthearted, and then in my mouth, it was just pure lava. Oh, pure hatred. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, so you beat, I finally... Yeah. I, Finally finished Fairville Barricade, and oh my god, that game was way longer than it had any right to be. Anyways, um, the last time I talked about this game, I think I was starting Ichiyo's route, and I finished that. And to be honest, I enjoyed it more than expected, which, well, my, no, like the, I wasn't expecting much after the last few routes, to be honest. But... One thing that I feel the game doesn't really do is like really go in into the whole um romantic comedy aspect of the thing. And sometimes it like it starts doing this drama thing which doesn't really fit the mood of the overall experience. One thing that I will say that I absolutely adore were the side characters. Oh my god. Like the um, the, the two of his friends, Sumugi and I always forget her name. I am so sorry, side character. But Sumugi in particular, Weird literally name, just. Huh? Ignore me, carry on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sumugi in particular, that is the protagonist's first friend, just um, made the game for me in many, many ways because she was so. I don't know, she had that very otaku energy that probably most of the otome game players have anyway, that it was like, yeah, I love her. I would like her to be my best friend, please. And she always like brought a lot of joy into the overall experience, mainly because she, like the way the writers worked here, like she really brought the comedy aspect of the game. And to be honest, like, during the common route, I was really enjoying my experience with this, but suddenly when they branch out into the firm paths, that's when I think the game starts failing a little bit and goes into the more drama part of it. 
which I think they could have either skipped or like done in a like really take that comedy part and run away with it. But then because like Cupid Parasite, one my favorite romantic comedy autumn at this point, took all the ridiculousness and ran away with it. Like knock it out of the park. If you think it was already ridiculous, like the game always found a way to step it up a notch or like turn the level up to 11, which to be fair is what I expect from a comedy. So yeah, that's Variable Barricade. I would recommend it more to the people who rather have like a more slice of life kind of experience. I mean, do we... Like, beware, you're going to find some drama in the game. It's not all um, a romance and comedy and funny shit and stuff like that. But if that's what you're looking for in the game, then go for it. If not, if you're really looking for, some, for something like Cupid Parasite in the comedy department, I would skip it or, like, wait for it to be on sale before picking it up. Mm. That is my overall, um, that, that would be Bala's recommendation for this game. And the other game that I um, finished is Thermon 4, Old Sins. Oh my god, this is very good. Like, right? top notch the room, yeah. They really went back to the to their roots or ha of having like just one big box where everything is somehow related to to like one big puzzle. And I really enjoyed that. And I did. I really didn't like care for much much for the story because I never care for the story in these games. But the puzzles were really well done, in my opinion. There were a couple of moments where where I was like, "Hey, if I was a the room developer, how would I do this?" Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. But other than that, I I really enjoyed my time with this one. Yeah, I think so, it really is probably. Like one thing with with this, you know, developers, I feel like they're just like they up themselves with each one. Like I really do think it's it's a case of like, oh, each like you know following game is better than the last, which is not something you can say about every developer. <laughs> I'll say that yeah. much. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like they they kind of like be mastering the art of making puzzles in a way. Speaking of puzzles and escape rooms, Alex, I see you played a little escape room game up there. Yeah, so like Fanatical has this um, platinum bundle on right now. That's actually very good. Um, it, the main draw is like Oblivion and Morrowind and stuff, but I was like, bro, if you don't have those games for free by now, who the hell are you? Um, so I was like, it's like, I'm good on those two. But the rest of the games, because like, I don't know if anyone uses Fanatical here, but like, yeah, Rick uses it. Yeah, Fanatical usually has all these different kinds of bundles, and they're doing a lot of these like um, choose the ones you want bundles, which mm -hmm. I'm really fucking into. Um, because yeah, so is, yeah, for sure. Sorry, go on. right? Yeah. Well, because I um, I've got a lot of VR games that way, but I also just t I like to just look at all of them, and then I just go to Steam and I just see what the reviews are like, and then I just pick the ones that seem like up my alley. And I went on and I got a bunch actually two of the games I completed this week were from that bundle. Um, and I, I wholeheartedly recommend them both with some caveats um, and tested it on humans. Which bundle, by way? It's, oh, it's which their bundle, by the way? Platinum bundle. It, I, I think platinum even bundle. though this releases 
weeks after I got it. I, I'm certain it'll still be there because they're usually month-long ones, but it's their Platinum Collection for July. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like the first one on there at the time of recording. Yeah, and it's got, you know, the Oblivion dude on it. Um, I got a bunch in this one. Like, I got Cardpocalypse, um, Wintermore Tactics Club. Uh, oh, that looks great. Yeah, Greek, Haven Park, Tested on Humans, and then Mad Experiments, I think. I, I almost got Monster Sanctuary, but it's on Game Pass, and I was kind of like, I'm good. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like it. Oh, I got, oh, and I got the Metrovania double pack. Actually, that's what I got, too. I was trying to think. Like something else. They had a little double pack in there with, with cute games. Anyway, all a bunch of games that I'm like, these look good to me. And the nice thing about these freaking, you know, choose your own things is I can just pick the ones that I actually think will play instead of getting all these fucking mm. bundles with all these goddamn games I'm never going to play in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Looking at you, Humble Bundle. Yeah, I mm. love Humble, Humble Bundle. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, man, sometimes I'm like, I just don't. And And at this point in PC gaming, I feel like, a lot of us are like, well, fuck, man, I got that game. I don't want to buy this damn bundle because I have like four of the games, but there's one game I want. You know what I mean? And it's like, I like these tiered ones a little more. I loved Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is a shadow of its former self. Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> um, I mean, anyway. these, these days, is anyway, this is not the point of this. We'll talk about this sometime, actually. Why not? <laughs> Because I think there's lots to talk about there. But Tested on Humans Escape Room. Uh, it's from a series, um, which also weirded me out because like, I think the main character's name is Alex, unless they do something where they check what your profile name is. But I don't I don't think so because there's like a lot of, like, there was puzzles based on it. So yeah, at first, they do that. Do they do that? Do they just take your name? I think they take your name. On this one? Because there were some puzzles based on the name that I was like, that seems like um, impressive oh, that yeah, they did no, do it. Never mind. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, I have to, I'll, I'll double check, but um, no, it is Alex. Okay, good. Yeah, Alex is just the name of the character. So that, that weirded me out for a second because I was like, I know my name's really common, but is this like, are they doing a thing? <laughs> um, and of course, when you first log on, for me, it was a bit of a shocking thing because they got this like thing in blood with your name and I was like, cool game. And then I went, oh, no, no, that's just the main character's name. All right. <laughs> um, it's, it's very much an escape room in like the the like run of like you know live escape rooms like all the puzzles make no fucking sense at all like they they have nothing to do with that world they're just very much math puzzles like you know what i mean like they're like escape room puzzles but they're very fun um it doesn't have a good hint system i would say um a couple of the um puzzles will have hints but some of the puzzles are very obtuse and they're very like like i said like you kind of have to already know what type of puzzle it is in order to understand how to work it, right? So if you look at something and you're like, I just don't understand what kind of puzzle this is, um, it's like, well, too bad, son. So I definitely had to look up a few things here and there just to get, just to like push me a little bit on the road. I was like, wait, what am I doing? Um, but overall for a game that I paid significantly less than going to an actual escape room for, <laughs> it's pretty fun, <laughs> you know? Like I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't complain that much. Like I'm like, even these games normally don't sell for that expensive. So I'm like, I, I, I think the value proposition here is very much worth it. Like if you are having a bit of an itch, I've been having a bit of this escape room itch, like playing like the room and all these games. I've been kind of like, I want to play more of these. And it satisfied that it really scratched it. Cause again, you can only play this game. You know, it takes like an hour or two ish, maybe two, two hours or so to be complete. And then it, that's it, right. You're not fucking going back to playing this again. <laughs> so one and done. Yeah. yeah. I do think this would be pretty fun to play with others. Um, okay. 
In fact, I, I, I think actually, I might even choose you guys, one of the ones I got, maybe do some remote play or something, because I think these mm-hmm. escape rooms are very fun in a group, because again, and I think this one in particular, like the room is very clearly designed for you to play alone. Could be fine with another person, but you can solve it all on your own. This one, I think, really does take the philosophy of like, hey, this is actually probably going to be a little more fun if you have a few more people because a few more people might actually, like, that guy might know how to solve that type of puzzle while that person might, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the beauty of escape rooms. And so I feel like this one was boring a little more from that. Um, But anyway, I had fun. Um, Yeah, in particular, like this one, I played with my boyfriend, so I can confirm this is a very fun game to play with others. Yeah. And I would rather recommend it, like, that way. Yeah, I'd recommend that too. Uh, I did a lot of, you have to do, I did a lot of writing in my notebook on this one as well. Like it's very much one of those games, which I did really like. I was like, I I mean, you don't technically have to, but for fuck's sake, I'm not going to figure anything about it unless I do that. And uh, that was yeah. really fun. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about taking like notes and stuff and like solving it yourself. And like you have a book that looks like a freaking, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know what you would call it. Like, what do you yeah, call it? Like a conspiracy thing. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was my cork work. There you go. Like like a cork work, like um I don't remember which game I had. Oh, you're talking about like a spider diagram where everything's like shooting off in loads of different directions. I love that. I think I did that for the mystery on what's the name of the game? You talk about the game like last week, Alex. Oh no, Um, I talked about it last week. Like was I playing it last week? Yeah, you talked about it. Ace Attorney? Um, True Colors. <laughs> oh, like um, you don't know how to it Yeah, for the first one, I actually did the, the crazy conspiracy thing on um, nice. one of the puzzles. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in those. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's good. I would recommend if you like escape rooms to uh, pick this one up in that little bundle. And I also played Haven Park, which is a short hike. If you owned the park. <laughs> that's like... Oh, honest okay. to God, it's exactly like it is so it wears its influences. Like, it's just like, yeah, I know this is what it is, but it's a couple hours. Just chill. You know? <laughs> like, Oh, it's got it's like you're playing as a bird. It's the same yeah. camera no, it's angle. Exactly the same. It will. No, it's not. It's it's exactly the same influence. And even the story beats are really similar. But the key difference here is that you run this park. And so you're actually, so there's like some Animal Crossing vibes to this because you essentially find all these campsites and then you have to craft. And it's like a very, very simple crafting thing. Like you can find wood and stuff all over the place and pick it up and metal and all this stuff. But you can create all of these like things and like each camp's going to ask for a certain specific amount of stuff. Um, and then you'll get people who come in and they'll alert you to these fun quests that you can do and you just kind of explore all around. And you're trying to get to this peak at one point to go see your grandma. <laughs> of course you are exactly right and so you move up but there's Uh, no like there's no jump and flying kind of deal it's like there's more just like a large jump there's some skills that you can do you can level up to level 10 and unlock all these different kind of skills that get you different things it's super fucking chill really cute it does enough to differentiate itself from a short hike i think a short hike might be a little bit better maybe but honestly they're pretty close like they really feel like companion games in a lot of ways i think it's a little unfair to say that it is a short hike because the magic of a short hike I don't think is easy to replicate, which means to me that the fact that I had so much fun with this game indicates that they're doing something very right here and they've like looked at a short hike and we're like, okay, now how do we niggle this a little more? And my only complaint is kind of that I 
I sort of wished there was a little more to do, which is kind of also my complaint with the short hike in some ways, where I was like, I like it so much that I sort of wish I could do more in this uh, world. But then also, maybe that's why I liked it so much. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting comparison because as someone who's played a short hike and not played this one, this looks distinctly cheaper. Yeah, it doesn't feel cheap when you're playing it. I'll say that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It, I think it's one of those where the art style doesn't lend itself particularly well to screenshots. Then maybe no, it doesn't. When you... it, it it does look a little bit asset. I'm sure it isn't. It looks a bit asset flippy, mm. um, just because of the the way the textures map together. I think one of the one of the real successes of a short hike is that like chunky pixelated look. Yeah. Um, gave it a style of its own. Yeah, because it was like this 3D polygonal thing with that filter over the top, but designed very explicitly with that in mind. Yeah, this one's um, quite pretty, I have to say, in motion. Okay, I would actually say the water is very, it's very gorgeous. Actually, they do some really cute like animation stuff on it that I was like, I like that. <laughs> hmm. Um, so I would agree with you though that in screenshots, I would also say a short hike in screenshots doesn't look great either. Like it's it's very like in, unless you've played it and then you're like, I know, you know what I mean um maybe you're right yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's worth i didn't see screenshots before i played it so i'm probably tainted by that in motion i'm watching a video of it now it actually does look much more like a diorama it looks a lot nicer yeah right like yeah when you when you see the motion it's very cute in that sense and like i would it's it's cheap already anyway but like in this bundle it's kind of a no-brainer for me because i'm like it's just fun um it's just very much a fun um relaxing game that like you i guarantee you'll just chill out and like i didn't spend a ton of time on it but if you're someone who like really likes to make everything look pretty and like set up your camps like i'm looking at you paula you'll spend a lot more time (laughs) yeah because it lets you fully customize all the camps and you can decide what you want to put in where and um you could really go whole hog and like resource collect to your heart's content um and that's the other thing that makes it a bit different right is there is that resource collecting element to it um so yeah, but then they also limit how many resources you can carry, so it does incentivize you to go and build up your camps um, and like actually make them look pretty. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I really, I really like this game. It was just really cute. Um, oh shit! You got me looking at the bundle now. <laughs> oh. Everybody looking at it. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Alex, why would you do this to me? I don't need more games. I know, right? I ignore why? most of them, but this one was a good bundle. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Alex, why? <laughs> and this is actually, this game is why I suggested we talk about cozy games because this will come up again later. <laughs> well, cozy is literally right there in the game's description. Yeah, so, it's like, very much that. It's um, a fair cop. The last game that I beat, and I'm only going to touch on this brief, is Vault of the Void because did I beat it? I don't know. I guess I did. I played with one <laughs> of the characters each. I suppose that's beating it. I really like this game. I think I'm going to put it away because I can see myself selling my entire soul to this game. So. <laughs> when it comes into early access, I will I will go through and I will beat whatever else is left in it. <laughs> I will be very excited. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it. Rick, why don't you tell me about what you beat? Yeah, sure thing. I've got two completions this week. So the first of those is a little game called Old Man's Journey. Uh, I played this for two reasons. One, because it's by the developer Broken Rules, who made uh, the mobile game Elo, which I played and loved a few weeks ago. Uh, Reason number two is because um, my friend whose Switch account is logged into my Switch um, already has the game, so I got to play it for free. And I'm glad I got to play it for free because I did not like it very much. And and that's not to say it's bad per se, but it's barely a game. It's 
it's also coloured, and I, Alex is nodding, so I think you maybe have played this before. Yeah, um, I have. <laughs> it, it feels like the developers think they've got a much better story than they in actuality have. Oh, fuck. Ouch. Yeah, that's that. I mean, you're right. It's, yep. it's sad, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the game for what it is, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, for what it is, is doing a hell of a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence because what you have is like a 90 minute long artsy experience of like these vignettes of a man like looking back on his life, almost like the the first 10 minutes of Up, but stretched to an hour and a half and made by people who didn't see the first 10 minutes of Up, so didn't know like that their thing had already been done way better before um interspersed with these things where you're like kind of platforming a man slowly from left to right on the screen but you also have to like do this really clunky thing where you move the landscape around um to create a path for him and it doesn't always work properly it works well enough most of the time to function but it's not in any way smooth um it's kind of intuitive but not smooth also worth saying that if you're playing this docked, you have this really awkward like um, cursor control with the analog stick thing going on. Um, I was playing on a Switch Lite, so I, it was touch all the way, like it was designed for touchscreens first and foremost. But I don't think this game really justifies itself. I think it's um, a bit pants, to be honest. Like it, it, It's not in any way bad. It just doesn't do anything particularly well, um, with the exception that the art is lovely. Um, I don't think you can really take away from that. And you can see why this game won awards when it first came out, because visually, this kind of thing on a phone, I can see why it might pop, like back when the iPhone 7 or 8 was a thing, which is probably roughly when this was coming out. Um, Can't recommend it in 2022. I, I just don't think it does enough either as a story or as a game to to be worth looking at. Um, the other game I beat, and this was this was a bit of a, a sort of redemption arc in a lot of respects, is Luigi's Mansion. So people who've listened over the past few weeks will know I tried this game on 3DS, shelved it almost immediately, uh, and then was convinced to give it another go and then beat it. Now, I stand by what I originally said. The, the controls on 3DS are clunky as all fuck. I had a great time with this game in spite of, not because of the controls. Um... It's a weird one. I'm not sure if the people who made Dark Moon are the same people who ported the original Luigi's Mansion because Dark Moon nailed it. They had looking up on X, looking down on B. Um, and then, like, yes, you don't have a second analog stick in that instance, but you almost never miss it. Uh, the strobe mechanic is really cool. Um, it sidesteps the whole move and aim thing by letting you free move normally and then reverting to tank controls when you're vacuuming or charging up your flashlight on the the port of luigi's mansion you have this awkward thing where um aiming up and down is either controlled by motion which sucks uh by the c stick which even when you fiddle around with the sensitivity is never like consistent or accurate enough or by using the D-pad, which means that you take your thumb off the circle stick. There is no right solution. I ended up like working with the, the C-stick to the best of my ability on a new 3DS model. Um, even with that, 
like I was often fighting the controls and ghosts at the same time. Um, and it is a bit of a shame because the underlying game is excellent. Um, it's short and sweet. It, it really sort of nails the pacing of it, I feel. Um, the environment is so well done. Um, graphically, it's phenomenal. It's a really nice gameplay loop. I don't know that there's anything else I've played like it, with the exception of Luigi's Mansion 2, which I played very, very briefly before I started this one. Or before I went back to this one, I should say. So it's interesting. Like I wanted to add in here because I was curious when you said it. So they weren't developed by the same people, actually. Um, oh, okay. Luigi... I know Grezzo did the port. Yes, and Grezzo is the Ocarina of Time 3D, Majora's Mask 3D. Like, they're the 3DS porters. They're like X-Square Enix employees. Um, and technically, it's a really good port because visually, it, it looks really, really nice. The 3D effect's phenomenal. So not necessarily knock on the team per se in the technical sense. It's more just in terms of how they've implemented controls. Sorry, yeah, and they made um, Link's Awakening, like the new one. Ooh, okay. They, like, it's actually interesting because when I'm looking at their portfolio, I feel like they actually have a very strong one. But then mm. maybe just kind of, I don't know. I guess I, I, I'll be honest too. I suppose they're in a terrible position with porting Luigi's Mansion. I feel like that was a weird game to port to that. But um, because the ones who did the second one, that's Next Level Games, which... They have a fascinating thing. Like, they're the Mario Strikers um, people. Um, oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, they made the new one, but they also made Metroid Prime Federation Force. And that's not cool. Luigi's Mansion 3. But then you want to know the weirdest one that they made? Go on. Microsoft Solitaire Collection, the 2012 one. Yeah. <laughs> no. So fucking weird. I'm like, what? Um, so, anyway, I don't know. Like, they had a weird time. It seems like they're in their prime right now, man. Like Luigi's Mansion 3 and Mario Strikers Battle League. They're like back on their shit, you know? Um, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. And I've heard good things about Luigi's Mansion 3. It's very and like, again, Luigi's Mansion 1 is, is a good game. It's just not a well-implemented control scheme. And that that knocks on everything thereafter. I also do want to shout out oh, and they're Canadian. one of the... Sorry, that's cool. <laughs> uh, so? <laughs> Fun for me. <laughs> they're in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> they did a bad job less cool for you <laughs> oh no no luigi's man Lu oh no next level you mean next right, level's right. canadian no the other one's japanese man, man. <laughs> i'm a little bit sassy today i don't know what's going on with You're me feeling sassy. <laughs> Ooh. um i've totally thrown you off your hero <laughs> a little bit a little bit um yeah great game not great port i do want to shout out one of the weirder final boss battles which is like without spoiling too much one classic um mario enemy wearing the costume of another classic mario enemy nice and it's this like whole weird setup in terms of the moveset and how you fight it but again going back to the controls like that boss battle was made infinitely harder by the fact that i couldn't quickly adjust my rotation and my orientation and do what i wanted to do with the control scheme mm. as constructed um great time with the game caught all the all the booze um did like some extra side stuff i was having a good time with it um again in spite of the controls so i think unless you're really desperate to play this game portably um or like to experience the 3d effect which is kind of a full circle thing with luigi's mansion because mm. um as, as some listeners i'm sure will know that game was originally designed with 3d in mind nintendo at the time were um R&Ding uh, a lens that you would put over the top of like a 
consumer TV to give it 3D. Wasn't practical for obvious reasons, but like <laughs> that that was something they were trying to do with that game. Um, unless you fall into one of those two camps, I think Dolphin is probably the way to go on this one. Just emulate it, really nice sort of resolution and play it with two analog sticks as it was designed to be done. That's what I'm thinking about. Um, I've got my, uh, my GameCube controller here. I'm like, maybe I'll try this one out. <laughs> mm, it's, if I were to have my time again, I would like get Dolphin hooked. I'm going to do Dolphin soon because I've got a couple of the Rebirth WiiWare games that I want to play soonish. So mm. stay tuned for that, I suppose. Um, Luigi's Mansion does take us neatly into retireds, though. Um, I've got three. Yes. The first of which is Luigi's Mansion 2, which is great. However, I don't want to do Luigi's Mansion back-to-back because I feel like that's not fair on Luigi's Mansion 2. Um, so I'm going to play a couple of other games. I'm going to give it a couple of weeks and then jump back feet first into that one. Um, second retirement is Days Gone. Just again, the same thing. It felt silly leaving it on my playing when it, it's just not been booted up on my PS4 in a couple of weeks. Like I will come back to that the moment I've finished what I'm currently playing on PS4, but for now, it's just not happening. Um, the third retirement is a little Switch game called Black Future 88. Now, I don't necessarily want to speak to the quality of this too much either way because I basically have had the chip in my Switch for about two months and I've just been playing various other digital-only things on Switch um, and then Metroid Dread and then other other digital-only things, um, thinking I'll get to this, I'll get to this. Um, literally this morning, I had to take a train journey, uh, played a couple of runs of this game, um, being sort of a two-dimensional hard as nails, roguelike action platformer thing. And it just wasn't grabbing me. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to park this. I'll come back to it another time. Uh, there's other things I want to play on Switch. Um, a few other things, actually. So it's just not the time for that one now. Um, I will probably come back to it. I may retire it again. I may beat it. We'll see. Um, you've got one retirement, Alex, and I think we did kind of see this one coming. Yeah. Can I also just hold on? I was looking at Luigi's Mansion on how long to beat, and I just want to read you a review, and I want you to tell me what you think the score is. So, we'll go for it. Um, it says, good and short, appreciate that. That's the review. What do you think the score is on this? I think that should be an 8 out of 10, but I reckon okay. it's going to be a 4. What do you think, Bala? I think it's probably going to be like a 6 or a 5 or something like that. Rick, you were so spot on. It was a 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, it's so. I was like, "What the hell?" It's like so positive. It's like this was nice and short. I appreciate it. Forty out of ten. Four out of ten. <laughs> Unless they think four, it's four or five. It's like the only good thing is that it was over quickly. I, maybe it's hard to tell. But then there's like a very detailed one underneath it that's eight out of ten. Anyway, um, on to Spelunky. So y- yeah, I like reading about this game more than I like playing it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Derek Yu's book is awesome. It's actually really neat. I love hearing about the development of this, the concept with roguelites. But then when I play the game, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just done. Yeah. I had to be there. Um, I would love to play Spunky 2 with you guys, though, on Game Pass at some point. I think that would be cool. Mm. Because I think it's 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 clearly well made. I'm just, it's not for me right now. Have you played this one, Paula? Yeah. Played if Spunky 1 or 2, for that matter. Mm. So I think you can play Coop, right? You can, yeah. You can play co-op online as well. In the sequel, for sure. In the, se- in the yeah, first one, I think fun. as well. I don't know if it was online, though, because well, maybe the ports do or whatever. But again, this was a long time. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the second one, you definitely can. You can play four-player yeah. co-op. So maybe we got to get one of those things going. Watch us suck. <laughs> yeah, I did play the first very briefly on Vita, and I kind of had the same reaction as you, which is like, 
this game is clearly quality, but I just I don't want to do this right now. Which was kind of a a whole thing. Yeah, I know, right? That that's how I felt too. Anyway, that's it for me. Shall we move on to what we're playing? Paula, why don't you tell us? What are you playing? Oh, I've been playing like a little bit of everything right now. I've been playing Call of the Night again. I had to stop after dying. Like the my lack of platforming abilities are starting to get to me, so I tried to get past like one place like ten times and failed miserably. And the last time I was like so close to getting past us that part of the of it's not a stage of the map, I guess. And was about Maybe to discover area. something cool. Yeah, of that area. And I was about to discover something cool and it was like, nope, not today. Oh. And I was like, yeah, I wish my I wish I wasn't like so bad at platforming. So I could play this game and have a lot more fun. But anyways, I'll go back into it because I really like the game. I really want to see what it has to offer. It's just my platforming skills are enough to snatch. I don't have to snuff, sorry. And other game that I've been playing is The Great Saturnia Adventures. Um, the game is starting to really grab me again. Like, yeah, it, it is like a second case where it is. Yeah, this is a journey. Like, so, this is where I'm... Sorry, you're in the first game right now, then, is that right? So... I'm on the first game, yeah. Because okay. you're replaying that, are you? Yeah, I'm replaying it on the Switch, because remember I played the original... Yeah. 3DS, yeah. 3DS version uh, with a fun translation. And I have to say, Sherlock uh, Holmes, who is totally not Sherlock um, Holmes... <laughs> totally. ...is... A lot more worthy, like not worthy of words, you know, wor uh, if worthy. like worthy of words, yeah. Yeah. He talks a lot more in on this game, unlike the official translation. Yeah. Like he has a way with words that it's like, yeah, I'm not quite following you. <laughs> like you're saying a lot of shit, and I don't, I'm not sure what you're referring to. <laughs> Yeah, or like, yeah, that 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 idea could have been conveying a lot less words, He's but that's a character. Both that that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Thank you. No uh, so yeah, it's a lot more verbals in this version of the game rather than the fan translation, which is kind of like fun because it gives more to his character, yeah. and also, well. You know how how he's like, yeah, you're probably from you're probably from this country because blah 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 blah, and it's like, no, what part of we're from Japan you are not understanding, dude? I have to say too, so, yeah, I appreciate that they just made ahead. the game set in Japan. You know, like they're just like they're yeah, Japanese, finally, because like we'll talk about this with investigations, but like. It's they still try to pretend that they're in America, and there's like one point where they talk about how it's like, oh, I know your gun laws are really strict here, and I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, no, <laughs> okay, dude, no, <laughs> yeah, um, that's the one thing I'm very grateful for on the Greatest Attorney series because they finally stopped pretending that we are not in Japan or like not in the country we're supposed to be. We're on that later. So yeah, a lot of fun. Um, really 
really starting to really play it now uh, since I finished my other, like, variable barricade, which was, well, using up space in my Switch at that point. So I can now play the Greedy Saturn Adventures without restraint. Um, I also started two other games this week. The first of all is Hachi. I'm gonna butcher this, sorry. Hachihime of the Old Book Town. And this one is not an Otome game. This one is a VL game. VL stands for Voilov. And I really like. I was seeing a lot of recommendations from the from the community on this one, and I can see now uh, why now. And also, I told a friend who is also an Otome player, and she said like, "Oh no, you're playing that one." Flashbacks from Vietnam or something, and um, oh no, it's that kind of game. Yeah, it is this kind of game, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Sorry, like I love Fireball Barricade, but I needed like, I don't know, something less fluffy and more blood, uh, blood driven. So this is probably gonna scratch that itch, hopefully. And you play as, uh, let me look the name of the character, the main character. Uh, how am I so so fine to not see the name of the character? Why didn't I write it down? Why, why, why? Um, sorry. Uh, Tamamori. You play as Tamamori, that is, well, a writer who in Japan in the years, yeah, like 1920 Japan. That's where this story is set up. Sorry, I just yawned. I'm a tired boy. It's all good. <laughs> I felt bad because okay. I was laughing and Paolo was like, uh-huh. Paolo's like, what's going like, on? I was like, oh, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> okay, oh, that, that, was, uh, that was a yawn as well. That wasn't... It's been that a long day already. It was lip quiver and everything. Listen, <laughs> I've been doing like some really intense runs this week. Like I did two 10K runs and I did a 5K run this morning. So I, I'm tired. <laughs> Aww. I'm a little tired, fella. <laughs> Sorry, pal, keep going. It's okay, it's okay. So don't worry, 1920s and he's a writer and I'm not really sure what's the whole mystery going to be like, but he's supposed to be solving some mystery. That's the whole thing I know right now. I've, um, I already met two of the characters, which... I don't remember the names of and ask me next next week because I'm not gonna Google it and get spoiled on the game. Um but one of them is kind of like a child friend and he's an asshole. I don't know why they're why they're even friends because holy fuck, he's a not very nice person. Let's keep it at that. And the other uh, character that I just met just before the recording that Seems to be also a friend, but not like from childhood. I think he's from a university or something like that. Or maybe a regular customer. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, and he lives like on the top floor of a bookstore. So that's all I know right now from the game. And it seems that the game is kind of linear in the sense they kind of force you into one specific crowd order. Not by recommending you, for example, like in Cafe Enchanté, the um the developers were like, "Hey, you may want to play this order kind of first, 
and then leave ill for like the fourth one. And yeah, that's the best way to play it. No, in this game, they're just like, yeah, you cannot make choices the first run. So it's more of a kinetic novel. novel and then mm. you can make choices and do the other routes. Okay. Um, and finally, um, this is a revisit to an old favorite of mine, is Valkyria Chronicles on the PC. Because I mm. played Valkyria Chronicles Remastered on the PS4. But as you may know, the that uh, that PS4 is now kidnapped by in my boyfriend's house, and I <laughs> cannot really play anything on it. So I decided to say, "Fuck it, I'm gonna buy it on Steam sale." And now I'm on chapter two or three, three. I'm on chapter three. So I remember Jack shit about the story. So this is gonna be fun. God, I love I that really, game so much. I was, <laughs> Yeah, I'm really loving the game. Uh, like, even though I'm not playing the remaster version, it's still gorgeous. It's still like uh, there's something about the art style that yeah, it it fits with today's games. I mean, that, um, the art that that series uses is fucking timeless. Yeah, it's, it, very... it's such a beautiful art style. It's like like. I feel like the way I call it, it's like watercolor cell shading, you know? <laughs> like yeah. that's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. And it has like that pencil pencil texture to it too. Mm. It's very so perfect. Yeah. It really fits uh, the the game because like they're telling you a story that happened and you're like replaying it, quote unquote. Yeah. Mm. And also the main character likes to to draw and he's like, yeah. Perfect. I like I like that. Sorry, each time a game does something cool with the art style, I'm gonna be singing praise left and right to it because I just love that shit. Anyways, take the microphone away from me. Um, Alex, cool. tell me about Ace Attorney Investigation. Sure. So, so I'm loving this game. Okay, I feel like there's a complicated thing with this. So, like, it seems to me that amongst Ace Attorney fans that this game is like pretty loathed like not seen as like necessarily terrible but just like <sighs> kind of thing right and then that the second one yeah. is like a borderline masterpiece um, yep so I'm very excited to get to the second one <laughs> I think this first one I I can see the criticisms that people level at it a little bit like I absolutely adore it at the moment. It's very fun. It's very silly. Um, it's nice to see more of Edgeworth. I love seeing the returning characters who are coming into it. The stakes don't feel that high necessarily. There is like a, an overarching storyline within it that, you know, I'm enjoying, but maybe doesn't tie as close to Edgeworth as people maybe want. And I think that's where the second one um maybe shines more is that from what I understand, it ties in a lot more to Edgeworth as a character than this first one does. So this first one feels a little more like the adventures of Edgeworth and company a little bit, you know, um, which I'm digging. But if you're not, I think a big fan of the Ace Attorney series, this is going to do nothing for you. You know, like it just, I just don't think it will. Um, I'm on the fifth case. I'm almost done. I'm like pretty darn close. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's funny. Cause like, I just, I really, I just really like it. Like, it's just very, 
fun, which is making me extremely excited about the second one because if I like this first one so much, I'm like, well, then I'm probably going to fucking be overjoyed by the second one. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Um, For sure. I like the new mechanics that it does. Like, I enjoy that most of this game is just investigating and then just poking holes in testimonies. Like, I'm like, that's... And, like, you do your, like, logic stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of, like, the best shit about Ace Attorney, you know? Um, and it's true, like, I, I think maybe where some of the critique is probably coming from is that Ace Attorney has a bit of a more structured approach, right? Like the Phoenix Wright games, they're a bit more structured, particularly in the sense that you have courtroom scenes that get very intense, right? And then you get that music and it like comes in and you're like, oh my gosh, and you're just like, oh, here we go. And it's like, you know, you're like, you're, you're solving this thing and you feel like big brain, you know, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> you get hyped up, right? Mm. There's none of that in this. Like, that's not what this game is. And there aren't any moments like that um, to the point where like, even like when you're solving it, um, you're really just picking apart someone's logic until you're like, I got it now. And we figured it out. And you, you, because a lot of it relies on logic, you actually start to figure out a little bit of what's going on throughout each of the case, which is kind of always what Ace Attorney games are like, though, being real. Although some of the really good ones, you genuinely are like, I did not know that that's how it was going to happen. Oh, shit, right? Um, and that's a bit of what this game's like, too. Like, you're just like, I'm not sure exactly how something happened. It's a lot of, like, locked room cases, in a sense. Like, it's not really those, but it's like, there's a murder. How did the murder happen? Who did it? We're going to investigate and figure that out. There's always someone who's accused, uh, wrongly accused, so you're going to help them out. And they're usually your buds. Um, uh, old, Miss Old Bag is in this one again. I'm like, yes! <laughs> that character is so stupid. Yeah. And, like, you get more of Edgeworth's, like, personality, too, and, like, his love of Steel Samurai and stuff. And it's just, like, like he feels like a person in this one um, more than he does in this series. Like, in the series, he's so aloof. But this game really helps you see that, like, yeah, he's just a dude behind all of this. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. I don't recommend this one. I know last week, Rick, I was like, maybe you should try this one out. I don't think you should try this one out. I think maybe the second one you might enjoy trying out from the sounds of it. But I don't think this one would be one that I would suggest. Um, the second one in particular because of how... Um, none of the cases are filler in a way yeah okay. and everything like gets tied together like really well that's right here it's all really? killer no filler <laughs> i feel yeah. like with with the investigations games they speak more to what i want from that kind of a game anyway yeah with the whole like almost what you're saying there where it's there's a logical process to it it's all internally consistent and it all mm-hmm. maps out um like i totally get the courtroom courtroom drama thing I don't necessarily need that. And what always sort of turned me off the Ace Attorney games is that often it felt like all logic and sensibility was secondary to the courtroom drama-ness of it. Mm. Um, And it'd be like, oh, hang on, that's bullshit. And it would take me right out of it, where I think that's probably less the case with the Investigations games. I think yeah. I'll, I'll certainly try the first before I move to the second. Because if I like it, great. If I don't, even, you know, I can still yeah. move back onto it. But I, I think from a baseline, it's probably more what I want from that kind of a game anyway. Mm. And like I said, you know, it is interesting because maybe part of why people don't like that first one is because of its stark comparison to, 
I just feel like it's a yeah. little unfairly maligned. Like I've been reading some of the things and I was like, this is a really fun, well-written game. Like I'm like, I don't understand like where like there's, yeah. there's also mystique around the sequel because it never got an official yeah. localization. And the fan translation is really it was good. A fan effort. So I yeah, heard yeah. it is amazing. Yeah. Like you wouldn't tell you it is a, t- a fan translation. Yeah. I love those kinds of fan translations where like you can tell that not only is there love, but there's actually like a professional effort behind it. Um, like the Mother 3 one by all accounts is just top tier I feel like with the success now of Great Ace Attorney and like the trilogy doing well on Switch and stuff I I I I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility to see like a port of these games at some point down the road as a collection Uh, Capcom fucking love a collection as well obviously the Battle Network one just got announced that's what I'm saying like I would I would be kind of surprised if we don't eventually see it now I do worry that if we do see it we'll see it in the new Ace Attorney art style that I fucking hate Um, (laughs) not the the great Ace Attorney is beautiful but I mean, the what they did to the trilogy, I will never forgive them. That fucking the HDA, aka we don't yeah, like. I lo- yeah, I really hated that. <sighs> like, I love the original pixel art design. This looks like why do they do that? <laughs> That's fine. That's what emulations for. Exactly, and that's what I'm doing on yeah. my 3DS. Right, I'm emulating the damn thing on there, and it feels great. It looks big and beautiful and pixelated, and it, it you know, it's funny because it really. I, I wonder, and I would love to know more, because I think that this was being developed at the same time as Ghost Trick, because Ghost Trick comes out a year later. Um, mm. And because honestly, the like upper screen and like the little pixel dudes that they've got, like the way that you can move around the crime scenes, and like you actually see all the characters, feels really Ghost Tricky. Like, um, it's yeah. a yeah, it's a slightly different angle. Like you're more of this kind of like. I don't even know how to describe it. It's not two D, but it's like the the floor it's is like slanted up. It's upright. not like isometric either. It's like more. It's like you're watching a theater. In a yeah, way. like like you're watching a stage almost. Like you're kind of yep. like imagine you're in a balcony and you're looking down at a stage. Like diorama, diorama esque. Yeah. yeah, but you're two dimensional. Yeah. Um, wouldn't surprise me if it was the same engine, though, because obviously, like, yeah. it's the Nintendo DS. They're probably not making proprietary engines for every different yeah. game. That they do. And it's a really interesting way of doing it, because in Ace Attorney, whereas you're always just, like, clicking on things to investigate, which has stayed the staple, really, all the way through the great Ace Attorney, and this one, it's like, no, you walk up as Edgeworth, and you walk up to something, and you examine it, and then if it's important, it'll zoom in, and you can do stuff, which I actually think makes the investigations... Um, smoother because i think one thing that happens in ace attorney is that you're missing like a thing and you're like fucking where is it you have to like go to all the locations and you're trying to find it but you're just in a location for this and it's like once you do it it's like investigation complete and you're like all right got it um so yeah i really like this one and they have a dog named (laughs) missile yeah Yeah. Uh, one thing that i have to ask because Mm. i know it has annoyed people because it is almost a meme in the community Mm. Um, how many times have you needed, have you had to show up like the, is it the hat, the chimney? How many the, times have I had to what? To like show as evidence the chimney or like Oh, the, the chimney. Or whatever. But that's in the last yeah. case, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, I haven't gotten through that one much yet. Um, I've only had to show it a few times now, but this last case, I have a feeling I have to show it a lot of times. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it, it almost became a meme at some point. Yeah. And oh, I have to, I have to share. Like I don't know if in the description or somewhere, there's two videos that are like highlights from a playthrough, 
And oh my god, it is hilarious. I have to do it to you <laughs> after you finish the game, of course. Nice. Yeah, I feel like this is a more laid back game, and I appreciate that. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is more chill, and I like that this is more chill. Um, I don't need all my Ace Attorney games to be like crazy intense. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need. Yeah. That. I appreciate when it is, and I love it when it is. But you need, and also, you need build up, right? Like, it's it's like with um. It's like with the great Ace Attorney, that first game can't be all, you know, bangers because you're you're setting up the story for the second game, right? And like, I don't think that they're as connected to these two in that way, but there are characters in this who get established who clearly are in the in the second. And I, you just you need that sometimes. You have to establish who these people are and like get that going so that you can really smash things out um, in the later ones. So yeah, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> Ace of Really great game. I really want you to play the second one. I need to. Oh, I'm I'm make... playing it right away. Next, like when I finish, I'll talk about it next week. <laughs> Beautiful. I don't need it to be like the the game I'm choosing for a spoiler cast. Then. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah, I was gonna say if you want to choose a different one. <laughs> great. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to try it out. Um. Okay. Last up, I'm I'm not playing a lot right now because I'm really just playing two games. I'm playing Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Okay. This game's awesome. Um, it doesn't tell you a lot though, which I have a strong feeling of fucked out of people have bounced off this game really quickly. And I'm sad that they have because it's really fun once you get into it a little more. This is the best Star Wars lightsaber game I've ever played. <laughs> um, cause you straight up, man, you just slice fuckers to shreds. Like I'm certain it's probably best played on PC because like they have a thing where it's like a, a slider where it says like the higher you put this, the more body parts will stay on screen. <laughs> and i'm on this you know nice gaming pc and i'm just like ultra well it only goes to high but Mm. i was like (laughs) give me all the meat slabs yeah exactly right give me like let me slice them to shreds as much as humanly possible um the thing with the game like i talked about the parry last week uh it's very poorly explained and i still feel like there's times when i'm hitting the parry and it's just not happening and i'm like what am i doing wrong um (laughs) not all the time but there's a few enemies where i was like what okay um but better now they really don't show you the customized menu which is very important because i found a dodge in there um it's not perfect it's not a dodge roll it's more like a step back but it's really helpful because there's a couple attacks that you cannot dodge or that you can't block Mm. and that i was just like thank you got it and really though upgrading your weapons and shit holy hell that's important (laughs) like um my guy's much stronger now and much better um some of the bosses are a little stupid um i'm looking at you monsoon um <laughs> just so annoying well, especially because they do this stupid thing where a few bosses reappear at one point and i was like oh come on this is padding and you know it's padding <laughs> um now they have a, a normal story like reason for it that's fairly clever but anyway um it is so corny like <laughs> absurdly cheesy but in like a really fun way and the story itself is coherent um i think <laughs> so like which is a plus i think for a metal gear game um it's obviously tried to tackle some pretty big themes um particularly about child soldiers which i was like holy shit all right go for it if that's what you want to hit on and like the nature of war and of killing and of violence and like your role in all of that and i'm like wow okay i 
am certain you're not going to stick the landing with this, but interesting that you're taking this on. Um, It also doesn't like work. But one thing it does do interestingly, actually, um, and I thought this was a fascinating maybe storytelling thing. I don't know how maybe relevant it is, but, you know, Raiden at one point is struggling with his, you know, violence. Um, But you as a player love it because it's just a fucking video game. I don't give a shit. I want to slice things up, right? Um, So it actually kind of works nicely because there's this implication that something kind of takes him over at one point a little bit. And so you kind of are that thing, right? Like you're like, oh, you're worried about killing people? Well, excuse me, I'm going to rip the soul out of this guy. <laughs> like, okay. Because you could do this thing where like, it's like before Doom 2016 was even a thought um, in this game. When you like get an enemy, now some certain enemies, you can go into what's called like blade mode. And in blade mode, you can control where you slice. Yes, and you can slice people Yeah, up. I remember seeing previews of it. Yeah, and so you can slice them up. But one thing that's really interesting is that if you get them down to a certain like, um, you know, beat up, when you go into blade mode, you'll see a red square. And that's indicating where their like fuel cells and like power is because they're they're cyborgs. You slice them, you rip them out, yep. and it restores your um your health and all your fuel cells so that you can immediately go back into blade mode. So like there's this real um um incentive to get into blade mode and you could pull off some sick combos. Like I was doing some just I felt like I feel like I'm getting good at the game a little bit. I was like, oh, I'm actually like not bad. I would get my arse freaking handed to me on hard but i'm pretty good at normal <laughs> um and i'm able to start doing some fun stuff and like the but uh, there's moments where they kind of say like you should try sneaking but there's no incentive to sneak because if you sneak you lose out on battle points which you use to customize yourself so you're just like yeah how about i just slice people's heads off i don't feel like sneaking right now <laughs> so i just i just run in and i'm like fight me <laughs> um which is really fun. So I, I super recommend it. I'm very close to the end. I'm on like the fifth of seven chapters, I think. Um, okay. So I, I played for about five and a half hours, maybe. I, I think I only have like maybe you know, two-ish left to go. Um, it's very I short. HSV says seven or eight hours. So yeah, that tracks. Yeah, it makes sense. I, th- I, was, I was aging fitting my playthrough in the coming weeks and I had a quick look. Yeah. And um, I, I super recommend, obviously play with the controller though. Like the, this is, million percent designed with the controller is not designed to be on a keyboard <laughs> but i'm sure you can but it's like playing yakuza or beat him up on it that doesn't make any sense um made for the controller so yeah i think it's phenomenal um i it does not feel like a game from 2013 to be honest like it really especially on pc at this point it, it looks quite good um it plays really smoothly um i do know it has a troubled development history and so i kind of wish more games did that. Like I've yet to. I haven't played a game that gives you this much freedom and slicey slicey. You know, like have you mm. played any? I'm not. I haven't. Fucking Star Wars. You know, is like oh, we can't allow any violence. <laughs> you know, this is still a children's thing, and I'm like, I'll give it to someone and let them make a mature game with it. Damn it. <laughs> let Jedi. I know Jedi Fallen Order. You can slice a little bit, but I'm like, let me go to town, okay? <laughs> um, anyway, that's it for this one. Um, Alex confirmed psycho. Oh, 100%. In video games? You betcha. <laughs> um, Rick, tell me, are you a little closer to beating The Witcher? I am marginally closer to beating <laughs> The Witcher. I have played very little of The Witcher this week because I've become obsessed with Neon White. So like, when I'm on mm. PC, that's what I'm playing. I've ended up going back and like getting Ace Medals and getting all the presents like in all the levels early in the game where I didn't do that initially. Um, partially because like the gift mechanic 
and I'm not sure I like this per se, but I like the game enough that it doesn't matter to me. The game's story is predicated on you finding these optional gifts in in the levels. Um, now, some of the hardest platforming is often involved to get those. And because I really love the gameplay and the loop, that's generally fine by me. Um, I would have liked it if it wasn't tied to the story side of things. But another thing that you get with those is side quests. So each character has slightly different requirements for their missions. So um, yellow, um, you're not allowed to use the movement abilities from the weapons. Um, violet, like almost all the platforms are covered in fucking spikes. So you really need to use those movement abilities. Um, and there are these neat little platforming challenges where the objective is a little bit different. The objective isn't time-based necessarily um, or kill all the enemies based. The objective is like get to the end. And these are the different things that we're going to throw in your way as part of that. The game's fucking incredible. I, it's my favorite game this year by, by a long shot, I think. Um, just so, so brilliant. And I'm going to move on to a different game because I could gush about this forever. And when I've beaten it, in a week or two, I absolutely will gush about it forever. For now, um, I will tell you about Secret of Mana, which I've played a bit more of. Um, I am committed to playing the, 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 the Vita version of this one. Um, I went and had a look at a collection of Mana on Switch. It's basically an emulation job, so the audio is just buggered in exactly the same way. And it's a killer for me. Like The SNES version looks infinitely better. There is no disputing that. However, for me, the music cutting out from the melody line, particularly music as gorgeous as Secret as Man has been blessed with, um, it, it's criminal and it really takes me out of the experience. So uh, for all the drawbacks of the art style that they've gone with on Vita and for, for as much as I find the black now loading screens really irksome, the music's as I'm sure it was always intended to be. You can play the original score and you don't have those cutouts. Perfect. Um, the 360 degree movement is much appreciated. You can tell that mechanically they've kept things more or less the same because the the characters have this weird sort of stun lucky thing. And also, I haven't got to the point where I've got AI companions yet, but the impression I get is that the AI has been tweaked on those so that they're much less of a liability than the than the SNES original. So. You know, all the improvements are important to me. The cons I can generally speak and get around. I played Adventure of Mana a while back, the remake of the Game Boy version, and I'm pretty sure this is made in the same engine or, or a very similar engine, a lot of similar assets. I thought Adventure looked good enough. Like, this still looks fine. It doesn't look nearly as good as the SNES version, but it still looks fine. It plays okay. Um, I'm a fan of all the Mana games that I've played. I also, I have to say, um, in lockdown, one of the things I treated myself to was the... Secret of Mana, not Secret of Mana, the Mana series art book. So I I can enjoy the majority of the SNES artwork in that book. Well, there you um, go. And I'll, just, I'll focus on having a playable game for the gameplay portion <laughs> of it. Um, it's good so far. Like it, It's not blowing anyone's mind, but like it's a, it's a solid enough 7 out of 10. I like that series. I like what I've seen so far. It, it's meeting what I was expecting of it and the music just elevates it in a real un, unseemingly significant way. That's a really weird way of wording what I'm trying to say. The music does far more than it by right should to elevate that experience for me. Um, 
played a bit more of Sifu. I've kind of just been grinding the first two levels. One, to try and get my um, my time down. The reason being, you can start um, a level from the lowest age that you've reached prior to getting to that level. So, for example, if you um, are age 27 mm. when you get to level two, and then like you clear level two, but you die in level three, you can start level two from age 27 instead of having to start stage one from 20 again. Mm. Um, but also just grinding points for permanent upgrades just to make my my eventual sort of full game run a little bit easier. The combat in this game is endlessly satisfying and engaging, which <laughs> makes that much easier. Um, additionally, when you get some of the later levels, there are unlocks that apply to previous levels. So there have been some rooms in the first two levels, as it were, that I've been able to see for the first time going back and playing again. So it's still been satisfying to do. I've still been having a really good time. Again, and I've said this before, I'm not sure I'm a fan of the structure of the game, Mm. but the gameplay itself, I am an enormous fan of. Um, Easy recommendation, I think, to anyone who likes combat-focused games, martial arts, anything like that. Um, even if I don't finish it, I've had an excellent time with this, and I do think I will try and finish it. Um, one more game to touch on quickly before we move on to the topic. Uh, that is the recently released Pocky and Rocky Reshrined for Switch. Um, so this is a remake stroke sequel stroke reimagining of Pocky and Rocky, which is an arcade game that got a SNES port. Um, it's by Natsume, who've done like a load of really, really well-regarded um, remaster port things of snes era game so previously they'd done wild guns reloaded um and they'd done the ninja saviors return of the ninja warriors uh both wonderfully reviewed i own both but have yet to play either although i did play the original wild guns and had a great time with that one um it's it's very of its time it's very arcadey they've done a wonderful job of like prettifying this game um the pixel is so beyond anything they could have done on hardware back in the time but it feels very of that time the gameplay is hard as fucking balls but really really tight as well like there's four inputs it's all like eight direction movement and face buttons and that's it um the the mechanics of the game are very straightforward it's all sort of about the world and the configuration of enemies approaching you um when i when i first booted this up i underestimated it and i died inside 15 seconds um so i started again i played a bit more um when you sort of meet it where it's at it's very manageable but you can't just jump into this and play it like you would something more modern or forgiving um i've only completed the first stage i am having a great time it's supposed to be quite short i expect i'll be finished with this fairly soon but the replay value comes from extra unlockable characters that play slightly differently. So um, initial impression, very, very positive. Let's see how it goes. Probably, again, in the next couple of episodes because it is on the shorter side. Um, so that's me for playing. Um, anything you guys want to jump in on before we move along? Nah, I think we're good. Getting, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm getting shaking heads from my co-hosts. So let's go to, to the topic, which again is cozy games inspired by haven park which mm-hmm. i should point out is on switch so yes. i've got that favorited there when it goes on sale that's probably where i'll be playing it um i suppose before we even go to, to what are cozy games 
How do you guys feel about like handheld gaming just being more cozy generally? I think that makes sense. You can curl up with a handheld yeah. game. Yeah, but, you know? yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's like uh, more beyond... physically, literally cozy. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So beyond that, obviously, this this was sort of your brainchild, Alex. What are cozy games to you? And, yeah. and when did you, when did, in your opinion, cozy games come about? I mean, I think, so I think cozy games is pretty layered because I also think cozy games is maybe maybe one could say a reclamation of the title casual gaming a little bit. Um, yeah, that's fair. You know, because I think casual gaming gets maligned. And actually, now that you mentioned handhelds, because I also think that when we think of cozy gaming, um, we often think of women in gaming as well, right? Like, I, I think that's fair um, to say that, like, in general, games, especially when we were younger, I think us three in particular, nowadays, I feel like gaming is actually less... Um, segregated gender wise in terms of like the games that are marketed um i think there's still some of that you know dc superheroes or whatever you know there's still some of that but i do think that there's a better understanding that like a game like animal crossing is for everybody right like you know what i mean there's like a little more whereas when we're younger i think even those games are a little more like they push a little more like hey lady you like this one right um and even handheld gaming i think had a really big um um especially in the DS era, a really big latch on rate for um, both um, boys and girls, right? Um, but then I also see a lot of like DS games at that time, like I think of the Nintendo Dogs, I think of, um, hell, we talked about the, the lost media, right? Of like girl games. like Mean Girls DS, yeah. 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 I, th- I think that was a function of like casual being synonymous with female. Yeah. Um, in that period of time, I think that's more of it maybe personally. But again, like you say, it's layers. Yeah, I don't know, Paula. What do you think? Am I am I talking sense here, or I, as our resident lady? <laughs> I was just yeah, saying, I... you guys on the podcast talking about what girls think. About <laughs> <again>. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think. Like, as I remember, I wasn't like really into games back in high, uh, in middle school. I guess mm. like I fell out of it for a bit and then came back to it. Mm. But I didn't really feel like that segregation, mainly because. I guess those kind of games don't get much marketing over here. So, Fair. or maybe I was just living under a rock that it, that is also fair. But um, I don't know. I was thinking more to the cozy games. Don't yeah, they're kind of like actual games, but not. I want to say not always the case, but oh, I think the nature right. of cozy games is is. is like oh it's a relaxing experience or like something that you almost feel like that cozy blanket over you as you play or like Mm. something that gets you really smiling because it it is i don't know so got got them cute like slime rancher yeah and i think that's actually why i think of it as like a reclamation of the idea of casual because i feel like casual has this negative implication to it like you're saying as if casual is somehow less of a game when it's like, no, like a lot of these games, like Slime Rancher, like Stardew Valley, are quite intense games with a lot going yeah, on. It's a, it's a different mode of gaming. Yeah, it's simply that it meets you less. It's, it's like, I find with a lot of cozy games, particularly in those ones that involve, like like you mentioned there, Paolo, like the Slime Ranchers and stuff like that, the challenge is not the game requiring you to like master its mechanics the challenge is the game offering you freedom to create 
And I think that is a very different challenge that I'm actually not that great yeah. at. <laughs> but I know a lot of people, like even my partner, like played the shit at Animal Crossing when it came out and loved that, right? Like like being able to create your own uh, at your own pace and like be kind of welcomed into this to this kind of world um, in a more kind of relaxed, like, hey, it's cool. This isn't Doom, um, which they all have their, <laughs> they hold their place, right? Which I did love when those came out, the, the kind of you know, the fans connecting over those two games is really... The Doomax Animal Crossing yeah, thing in 2020. That was day. beautiful. That was so yeah. beautiful. Because that's an example of types of gaming, right? And how they can both, and that we need them both, because really, like, they, you know, stronger having the variety out there. Um, I also think that's a perfect thing to talk about briefly, like cozy games and cozy gaming. Mm. Because like, there are people for whom, like, Doom 2016 is, is cozy gaming for them. Because it's like... A game that you've run seven or eight times and like it's your comfort zone in terms of games you mm. can just switch off and play a couple of levels like i know for me rocket league is that like it's a very intense game and i play ranked most of the time so it's not mm. like uh, a relaxed experience per se but it's relaxing for me because i've put two thousand plus hours into that game i could play it and hold a conversation and do something else at the same time mm. so playing for half an hour and, and running four or five games is cozy because it's just like a uh, a, a known quantity and it's a comfortable thing to come back into even if it's not a quote-unquote cozy game yeah do either of you have games like that or yeah like for me uh, it's really it's obviously gonna be another game but for example could realize on and they're like they're very intense emotionally but they have that coziness that comes from the newfound family trope that those games have where like all of the characters are like so close together that they feel like families um, instead of like being as close to each other and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it kind of feels like you're very part of the group and it's like, hey, this is fine and this is very nice. And I got the same feeling from Persona 4, for example, that is like one of my comfort games too. Oh, fuck. Yeah, especially Persona with like the, so the year away games. summer vibe. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> that game for sure. It has those like those Deva. Yeah, that. Absolutely. That's the perfect mix. And the music. Cozy and intense. Yeah. You know, for me, honestly, it's like almost any Game Boy, Game Boy Advance or DS games. (laughs) Like so many of like, you know, because, but it's also interlaced with nostalgia. Like I think the Pokemon games, for instance, I can pop in a Pokemon game, earlier gen ones, and I can just chill, you know, like I'm like having a good time. I know these games like the back of my hand, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, Same with Mm. Ace Attorney and stuff, right? Like those games to me feel very relaxed and very like, I can I can chill out, but I also think part of that is is maybe the mixture of nostalgia as well, and and the concept of of simpler times a little bit because when you're young you just are simple, <laughs> kids sure. are simple, you know, <laughs> like that's just the reality yeah. of your lives, and so some of those games kind of pop me back there for a little bit, which is really fun. It's nice sometimes to just be like I can just chill, um, and I find that I don't think there's a lot of like when I think of cozy games these days, I think, you know, we talk about Haven Park and like a short hike. And I think, I think some of what makes those games cozy for me is in general, their attitude towards the gamer. Um, sure. And the kind of wistful, like comfort that it, it, it takes with the player and like these smaller stories dealing with, I think, very human and emo- uh, um, problems and emotions. And I think of a game like Spirit Fair too, right? Like that to me feels like a cozy game in the sense that it's like, and I don't know, I don't know why, but cozy and wholesome games these days too, they all seem to have something to do with farming. 
know? Which is the least cozy activity in the world, yeah. by the way. Farming is one of the hardest jobs that exists. But anyway. I mean, if you actually have to physically do it, sure. But if you press a button to do the tilling, it's, very like, nice. it's, a, very, it's a very different setup. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think of Stardew Valley and like the amount of hours it took out of my existence. And those were very cozy days. <laughs> mm. um, but it's also like, I don't know, like cozy games to me also feel idyllic, right? Like there's this um, romantic, like romanticization of a concept within a cozy game that gives it this like welcoming atmosphere. Right. And often I think of like pastels, um, these very kind of light soothing colors, um, gameplay that's usually pretty fluid, but also not overly demanding of you, you know, like that's kind of my vibe at least. I don't know. What do y'all think? In my case, like, well, I have like a list of games that are cozy, but most of them are like really on the short side. But they're like, I don't know, the kind of thing you would play on a rainy day, like a mm-hmm. short hike or uh, or even like your near Invento. But I have a couple of them that are like, they're like cozy in the actions you take or the story they tell. Mm-hmm. In the case of slime ranchers, just like happy slimes and you're farming these adorable little slimes and it makes everything so much happier when it has a smile on it. And and on the other side of scale, you have like some that have a different aesthetic or like a storybook-like aesthetic, like the evil king and the great hero, where it doesn't only like look very cutesy, but also the way they treat like the main character who is trying to learn how to be a hero is absolutely adorable and just warm my heart. Nice. Hmm. Well, I, that actually makes me think of how like for some people, Skyrim is a cozy game, right? Like there are people who just like all they'll do in that game is like buy a house and pretend to have like they're living in that world. You know what I mean? Like oh, they, yeah, make, yeah. Right? Yeah. they make their own kind of experience out of it and just enjoy and man i would also imagine that would be even more fun if you're playing the vr version you just could walk through your town and chill out with your buds at the bar live it for sure I, th- I think for me as well as like the whole rainy day curl up vibe like an otherworldly element often is a big part of it mm. i don't know why it's almost like you're inhabiting another space it's like a, maybe it ties into the escapism or escapism maybe it's just me overthinking it i don't know but um, a few that I'm sort of pulling out from my completion, Soul Bubbles on the Nintendo DS. I will never stop hyping that game up. It is so good. So, so good. And just such a relaxing experience mm-hmm. because you're just blowing bubbles and you're moving them around and shit. Um, mm-hmm. Sumire, um, oh, yeah. one of my favorite games of last year, possibly my favorite game of last year, actually. Um, although it deals with a really heavy topic for most of the game, you are just this little girl toddling around and like solving people's problems and just inhabiting that space. Mm. Um, the Swapper is not a cozy game per se, but for me, it's a cozy game because I've played through it that many times. Um, I kind of know what I'm doing and I just do it. Um, one looking way, way back, do either of you remember the 10 milligram collection? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you say that cat one, I'll game. kill you. that is the opposite of wholesome that is nightmarish (laughs) no i i was gonna say smiley face the first one of the collection yeah i'm with you there because it is just a little a little little 10 minute little trip sort of thing and it is that kind of vibe i forgot about that cat game 
I should replace just had them PTSD in with me, I think. Oh, man. <laughs> when are they going to release another set of those? That's what I want. I don't know. They were great. Um, I'd, I'd play another set for sure. Mm, uh, the other one that I found really, really cozy, Broken Sword, when I played that back in the day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because you're, you're in all these different locales just like finding clues and putting things together and enjoying the art. And um, Yeah, life I is strange. Very... Oh, sorry, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Oh, you're just you're making life strange. New colors, like uh, true colors. That the one made me think that is a crazy cozy game too. Like talking about vibes and stuff. Like it was just very mm. like that game is a vibe city. Like it's just like chill with your acoustic guitar and your best buds. You know? <laughs> oh, you went very Canadian there, guitar. Guitar, yeah. Well, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I mean, I was gonna say Luna's fishing garden. Like it's just. You're in this little boat fishing and like trying to regulate like the these islands with trees and fruit and stuff like that. And mm. It's just like two hours of just chilling. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I think mobile games often hit this as well. So like in mm. Bento, you mentioned Paola. Um, Elo that I played recently was very much a, a cozy thing. Um, and again, a lot of that's like art and music and the way that they all sort of tie into it. Um, I'm just skimming through because I didn't do a very good job of preparing for this segment, just seeing if there's anything else that sort of jumps out at me. Well, you know, I think of like, there's there's tons of games. These like I actually think it's interesting because they've really become a genre, right? Like you've got the wholesome direct now hmm. too, right? Um, and it's this whole kind of world of game. I, I am, I'm a bit worried we're hitting a nexus point with this though. Like I do feel like even just the recent wholesome direct I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, another... Farming game where I cry. Yeah, that's oh, I swear, I was like, <laughs> if yeah. I see one more uh, farming game in this direct, at some point I was like, I'm gonna fucking kill everyone yeah. in this room. Why are there so many frogs? Why is everything frogs now? <laughs> like, <laughs> I love frogs. They're very cute. But Frog Detective has the rights. <laughs> it, it's inevitable. It's MMO fever. Like People jump on the trend way too late. That's one that Metro jumps game, out at yeah. me though. Um, oh, what was it called? Um, is it... Detective Grimm, like the the prequel to Tangle Tower. Oh, yeah. you lost me there. Shit, the prequel. What is it called? Is it Detective? I'm gonna find out. I I've got it in my library. Let me find it. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking about Tangle Tower. Tangle Tower. That's a great game. That's kind of cool. Detective Grimoire. That's the oh, one. Okay, nice. It's, I've got Tangle Tower on Switch, by the way. It was super cheap the other week, so I'm gonna be playing that one real soon. Noise. Man, when are they, mm. when does the next one come out of those games? Man, that's 2019. I demand more. Yeah. I know game, I, games I are easy to make. Make more. <laughs> <laughs> Done with that. Another. Yeah. I just Another. finished it. Where is my next one? Um. <laughs> you want me to wait how many years? Yeah, excuse me. I'm having none of that. Um. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I'm not demanding. Um, oh, Yoku's Island Express. How did I not think of Yoku's Island yeah, Express? Big that game is such coziness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another one I'll mm-hmm. be play- playing on Switch. I bought it again. <laughs> um, and I think, again, that speaks to the handheld thing. Like, you do just want to play it and just have it and, and be next to it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does seem to be a, a, a genre that thrives on the handheld world. Um, mm. And I do think a large portion, like I, I, I think, and 
Yeah, because I, I really think that the diversity in, in game development that we've seen over the last years, too, has really made these types of genres explode, right? Because part of what I was talking about, actually, to, to go back full circle to what I was talking about at the beginning, is that, like, it's no real secret that, particularly within marketing, it's called the fucking Game Boy, um, that there was some segregation in how games were marketed, right? Particularly in the large, like, um, centers, you know, North America, Japan, right? Like, I don't, I can't talk about Japan. I don't know how the hell they market games over there. But <laughs> um, I, can, I can speak of North America at the very least. And I know growing up that, like, it really was a thing where very much um, there were games for dudes, right? Games for boys and there were games for girls. And some of those games for girls were aimed more in this sim um, farming, crafting, this kind of thing. And I think it kind of makes sense to me that if you grow up playing those as you grow up, you get an affinity and a love for those types of games now obviously everything blends over right i mean fuck i'll end up playing some of these games like some of those games too you know what i mean it's not perfect there's no perfect delineation but i think we've seen a really incredible shift in game development right where it's really opened up still a lot of goddamn work to do but it's opened up a lot and i think even just seeing a lot of these games like there's a game by these developers where it's just about like trying to mimic your like um grandmother's cooking kind of thing and it's just this like really mm. adorable cooking game um that like i'm and, like with beautiful graphics stuff and i was just like if that ain't cozy i don't know what the hell is like i saw it a few <laughs> years ago i just can't remember right and it's like you know it's kind of cooking mama but like less about the competition of that and more about cooking the, grandmother yeah there you go Ooh, that sounds like a bad <laughs> cooking grandma <laughs> like <laughs> it sounds more like you're cooking grandma but anyway <laughs> norman Bates simulator 22 yeah there you go um but like i just think that we've we see a lot of like like i don't know it, it to me it, it, this just shows like the benefits that you get right when gaming becomes something that is enjoyed more by all and that everyone can kind of come into this and develop games that as much as i love you know, our dooms and games like this, it's like, I want the variety of experience that um, wider game development brings. And I think wholesome games and cozy games are there. I do think they're hitting a breaking point right now and are going to have to maybe find some new inspiration. But you know what? That's shit's, that's what happens, right? Um, it's the same with you Metroidvanias, right? Metroidvanias were like, oh my God. And now it's, it's happening with roguelikes too, right? Oh, so many. And then they're, they kind of hit a breaking point and then people kind of fuck off and then the ones who really love them stay and it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I think roguelikes are slightly exceptional just because it's a means by which you can really stretch development yeah. resources. I think within within everything, roguelikes are, are probably going to persist in a different way, but otherwise I broadly agree. Oh, and how did I forget the number one cozy game for me, Chicory? Mm. So cozy. Eh. I know, but I love it. Really so wondering, I was wondering <laughs> when you were going to bring that up or if it wasn't like too cozy. Yeah, oh, it's very cozy. Uh, well, I mean, it's intense at times, but it's very cozy. <laughs> cozy, I will give. I've got two last ones that I want to throw out. Uh, first one is Assemble with Care. Um, it's the one where you, like, repair things, and there's kind of a story around the back of it that's a nice story. But it's it's just vibes. It's nice color palette. Um, there's not really a fail state per se. It's all very chilled out. Um, and then Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale for the 3DS. Hmm one of the guild games that level five did oh, um yeah. it's pure saturday morning just like being a kid again growing up type thing it's uh it's wholesome and lovely and very very relaxed um have either of you two got any more you want to throw out before we possibly um, move along i'm gonna say journey because of how it's all yeah. about the journey and less of 
the destination and how you can stay like there forever if you really want to. And when you partner up, there's like a fuzzy feeling to that whole like interactive thing yeah. as well. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a. I think I said all of mine, so go ahead, Alex. Oh, I mean, look, there's tons I could list off unpacking. I mean, we talked about shared hike already. Like, there's just like, I mean, frankly, Minecraft. <laughs> um, especially those early builds. Oh, shit was cozy. Um, I don't know what it's like nowadays. Nowadays, it's it's huge. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know what that game's all about anymore. Um, well, hey, you at home? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, what are your cozy games? Why don't you? Tell us all about them in the comments down below. And hey, yeah. on your way down there, you're going to be passing that like button. Why not uh, give it a cheeky little I'd like. also would love to know what people think is going to become the next trend in cozy games because <laughs> we've got the farming and stuff. But I think what we're missing right now is like the role playing a little bit, you know, like there's lots of this like farming and crafting, but I'm like, you know, what? Because I mean, the number one is The Sims, right? Obviously, that, that was a big cozy game until you murder everyone in your pool. But um <laughs> but i do wonder if we aren't going to get more like like you know i talked about life is strange where it's this kind of um um the more mundane parts were my favorite parts and i'm like i would really love a game that's more just like slice of life-ish because i don't feel like there's a lot of slice of life games out there um mm. I think it's a hard one to market, but i think mm. when you get one that breaks through like stardew valley did i think we probably see loads Right. And that's when I'm like, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that slice of life role playing game that has a beautiful art style and just like, it's just vibes all around. <laughs> Arguably, that's the walking sim, though, right? Like, there yeah. are walking sims that, mm, food for thought. I think, I think you're right. It's just, I still think that the walking sims mostly are all based around some mystery, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I understand. I get why people need them, but I'm just like, someone balls up and make me a slice of life game set in like, I don't know, 1830s Shanghai or some shit, you know, like, just like put me in a cool historical area and let me live a person's life for a little bit. That sounds dope, you know, um, and I don't and if even... you're going to do the slice of life way, please compromise with the slice of life way. Don't do anything weird. Oh yeah, don't make me don't make, make me fucking eat every three minutes and have to go actually piss, you know. <laughs> I want dysentery. I want to be in that era. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking for vibes, not reality. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Well then why don't we move on to How long to beat the game? Um, I believe, Paula, it's your turn. Um, as we've known, Paula's in the lead now and I can't win. So at this point, this game is sort of deciding if Rick um, is, competitive. is competitive with Going Paula or not. The final round. Yeah, because yeah. next week's the final round. So let's see. This could be an upset. <laughs> um, or Rick and I will guess all the same again. <laughs> it's, I mean, even... I swear, if you two do the same, I'm going to flip my shit. <laughs> <laughs> again, again. Goddamn. I, I just need a few points. Like, I don't need to kill it this time. I just need a few points enough that I'm within touching distance of Paola. To stay at the moment, um, Paola is away on 18 points. Yeah. Um, Alex has 13, and this is his last round of playing, so mm -hmm. at best he can tie. Um, and, and next week, I will be playing Paola again. So Paola's almost guaranteed to get at least one more point next week. So... 
Though I, I think just need I need to bring myself back into contention for the deciding round next week. The yeah. craziest outcome would be I sweep this one and then you sweep the next one and then Pal and I are tied. That'd be wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or I mean, God knows what we do that. Maybe... Some, and then we're all tied. I think that would be funny. <laughs> it's unlikely, but it would be funny. If if there's a tie, I want the person who's not involved in the tie to pick a game, pick a category, and it's just like yeah. uh, tie break it. Absolutely. I don't think we'll have a tie, but who knows? All right, Paula, did you get the game? No. Well, yeah, I got a game here, and it is Advanced Wars Days of Ruin oh, for the Nintendo DS. DS oh, I had that game. Cool. That game got hella dark. It was kind of strange. Yeah, didn't it, doesn't it get really dark? I, I feel like I remember hearing It's about a post-apocalyptic Advance Wars. Oh, booyah. Oh. And they have to, like, find this facility where they can grow plants again. It's like um, a, a lab food production-y thing. And it's like, Damn. the military was working on it in secret. Like, maybe it's still alive. It, it's such a strange one. It's also the only Advance Wars that I've, I've played at any great length. Um, I kind of fell off it partway through, but it, it was it was decent, if a little mm-hmm. bit jarring for a first party Nintendo game. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna... and the extra question is going to be, how many people have bold uh, times for the main story? How many main Or how many bold times are for the main story? How many bold times for the main story? Okay, okay. Interesting, okay. Is this one popular? I don't even know. Okay, well. Uh, in, in, the, in the sort of series sense not really i don't think like it it didn't go down well with fans let's put it that way oh really it, if i remember correctly no is it just like story-wise it was bad or something or? i think so i i can't say i've looked too much into it i'm very unconfident <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know about this, man. I don't know. Because I feel like the 100% of these is kind of all over the place. Um, oh, well, I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to annoy Rick a little bit with this one, I think. <laughs> oh, you're doing half hour time. <laughs> no, you're doing <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I'll if, never tell. If you, get, <laughs> if you win like half an hour on some of the times or any time if i win half an hour on some of the times i will i i will quite honestly lose my lose my shit it'll be great right what was the bonus question again paula how many um times have been pulled for a main story for main story okay oh god it's a first party title but also it wasn't a big one but also it was on the fucking ds Oh, fuck it. Right. It would be a fun. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about any of these. Yeah, I'm not feeling very confident, but I did my best. I kind of pulled these out of my butt. (laughs) I I tried. I kind of just did. Alex, I fucking hate you for this. (laughs) I kind of just increased them by like... I did my first one and I was like, add 10. And then I was like, why don't we add 30? <laughs> so okay. for main story, Alex said 20 hours and a half. Yeah. And Rick said 25 hour, hours. So uh-huh. the point goes to Alex. 
Really? What's the time? What's the time? What's the time? We have 20 hours. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. For main plus extras, in one corner of the ring, we have Alex with 30 hours and a half. And on the other side, we have Rick with 35 hours. And the winner is Rick because the main oh, plus nice. extras are 33, 33 hours. Okay. So, Rick, you got this one. I got a point. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's go for completionist. On one side, we have Alex with 65 hours and a half. Why are you like this? Honestly. And, and Rick with 70 hours. And uh -huh. the completionist times is 66 hours in total. So I think that one goes to Alex. Hey! Shit. Okay. I should have just. And finally, for ask. the bonus question, the bonus question. Um, Alex said that the amount of people that had followed the times for a uh, main story is forty, and Rick said thirty, and the winner is Alex because the main story has been followed thirty-four. 38 times. Oh. Oh. oh, man. Right, okay. So is it game right. over? I think we just... I, think I don't think so. Hang on, let me let me double check the 100% time. Did you say Alex said 60 and a half? I said 65 and a half. 65 and a half. Oh, and it was 66. I right, think okay. Paula yeah, wins. Enough, There's no reason to do next week because no one could beat her. <laughs> Really? I mean, we'll, we'll do next week anyway to see whether whether I can overtake you to second place. But I think officially I can't yeah, catch up Yeah, but you now. can't overtake me to second place. You can only tie me. You can only get five points uh, in a game. It's over. We should just call it now. <laughs> yeah, it's no, over, I think you might be right. It's over. Yeah. Mm. Which means Paula wins. <laughs> Mary, I'm not gonna be cruel and only give you atomic games as options. It's gonna be an option. Oh no! What about oh no, Mary? Oh no! Mary. Yeah, oh, nice. No, Mary. Well, I think that's where we call it. So we'll find out what Paula chooses. Um, I say just I don't know, Paula. Whenever we'll start it when this technically releases. I'm sure it's just in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then the next time we'll just start a new round. That saves us a little bit of pain. So well done, Paula. Um, we'll say that it's it's Paula first, and then Rick, you and I will be like second because we'll say that maybe you were tied in. Who knows? Not that second place doesn't really matter. There's only a winner in this game. <laughs> Which order we lost in is is sort of irrelevant. It's very irrelevant. <laughs> um, that means I'll start it next week, though. So I'll be the start for the new round. Um, yeah. And that'll be that. Sick. Thank you for tuning in, folks, and joining us. Um, that's it for the How Long to Beat podcast. Find out what pain Paula has thrust upon us next week. <laughs> you have, like, no easy, faith in me. No, I'm kidding. I'm nope. sure it'll be lovely. <laughs> We've been burned once, though, Paula. We've been burned once. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll be careful No, you, you can put something that you know will hate. That's your power as the winner. <laughs> you can do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, toodaloo, folks. Take it easy.